You've tuned into a show called Mr and Mrs Binge Watch and you were expecting a spoiler free episode so there are many many spoilers on this episode kripya dhyan dijiye Hello 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 you guys are listening to yet another episode of Mr and Mrs Binge Watch I'm of course Janice Sequera and of course who else will be there on the show with me chalo guess karte guess karo guess karo aur kaun hai show mein aaj kaun hai kaun hai सेम ओल्ड यार लॉकडाउन में घर के अंदर और कौन होगा एक्सेप्ट फॉर अनिरुद्ध गुहा अनिरुद्ध आर यू फीलिंग वेलकम टू द शो आफ्टर दैट ग्रैंड इंट्रोडक्शन Yeah, the only way you can have another person on the show with you is if there's a cameo by one of our cats. Because literally, we are a family of five cats. But that's already happened, no? One of uh, someone yeah, yeah, listens yeah. to the show regularly has already told us that Audrey has made a couple of Audrey, appearances. Audrey made an appearance, of course, unless you bring one of them on as your special guest and only have conversations with them. So you ask a question to Audrey, and she basically cries. What will that conversation go like? Audrey, are you hungry? No, you can have a TV conversation. Oh, I thought you would do meow. चार्जेस As it happens, the cyclone luckily, fortunately, hasn't really uh, turned up, and we felt that it would be a good idea to maybe recommend a thriller, a rather a comic thriller at a time like this. Something that's really bingeable and enjoyable during uh, during this weather. I feel. I feel this is the time when we should be watching a lot of. And in fact, you and I do watch a lot of thrillers, right? Uh, and you know, in the past, we have recommended procedurals and crime thrillers and murder mysteries. But this time we're going to recommend something that's slightly different from that typical procedural or crime thriller. It's a show on Netflix called Dead to Me. It's quite popular. I'm assuming that some of the listeners have probably already watched it. And for those who haven't and were like on the edge about whether they should see it or not, uh, it's the perfect show to watch right now. Two seasons are out. Uh, it's got Christina Applegate and uh, Linda Cardellini in the in the cast. And season two just dropped, so there are two really good seasons for people to go out and check out right now. But you know, here's the history of Anirudh and me having watched Dead to Me. So I actually watched Dead to Me the first season when it came out all by myself because I don't know, just like I think Ani and I sampled the first episode together, and I was hooked right away. And I think Ani took a little bit more time to come around, so I said, you know what, I was eager to finish the season, so I went ahead and watched it by myself. And you watched it recently, and then we finally watched season two together, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I wasn't averse to watching season one at all. I think when it had come out, for some reason, I was watching. something a, a few other things and i remember you know it's one of those things where as a couple you watch things together but then you also find shows that you can watch on your own when the other person is busy and i think that was what had happened i think you were watching i think you asked me do you really want to watch that to me and i was like ah, i'm not so sure go ahead and see it i definitely not seen a single scene of the show then because if i had i would have been hooked straight away which is what happened to me when i saw it maybe last month Yeah and the thing is that uh, you know Dead to Me is an interesting show in the sense that I think that here's the whole crux right you only love the show if you buy into for me at least what's happening between Jen and Judy because if you don't buy into their crooked complicated twisted slightly morbid friendship 
then the show is going to fall flat on its face, which has sort of happened in, in the past with me. Like, for example, Grace and Frankie is a show everyone recommended I watch. And I didn't like the chemistry between the two leads. And eventually, after I think one and a half season, I gave up on the show. But in this case, I feel like the only reason I stayed for the entire first season and then enjoyed watching season two with you is because by now we've bought into Jen and Judy's twisted friendship, right? For those of you who've not even watched a trailer, here's what the show is about. Jen, played by Christina Applegate, has just recently lost her husband in a car accident. So she's, of course, you know, grieving, the grieving widow who's been left behind with two boys, you know, a snarky, bitchy mother-in-law. And she's wondering how she's going to go on with life all by herself. In walks in Judy, who is this sort of hippie, free-spirited, uh, you know, Linda Cardellini. And she befriends Jen at a morning, what is that called? A grief council like session? Council yeah. So she befriends her. She sort of wriggles her way and pushes her way into Jen's life. And even as an audience member, you're wondering, like, why is this character so pushy? Of course literally a couple of episodes in you understand why Linda Cardellini's character is so hell-bent on befriending, you know, Christina Applegate. And then from there on, everything that happens, the lies, the twists and turns about her husband's death, their twisted friendship, you know, uh, Steve Marsden's character, not Steve Marsden, James, Mar James Marsden character who plays Steve on the show. So, you know, everything sort of centers on in the first couple of episodes, at least for me, do you like what Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini's friendship sort of, do you like where it's going? If you like where it's going, I think you'll happily watch maybe even three, four, five seasons of this show. Uh, maybe. But if you don't, I feel like in the first couple of episodes, only it could be really easy to lose you. Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, you know, from that description, that synopsis that you gave, and I started out by saying that it's a crime show and it might not seem like that, but the more you watch it, you realize that it's basically about these two women who are at a very interesting stage in their lives. Uh, you know, they've undergone some sort of an upheaval and they are, you know, sort of fate brings them together. Uh, and you realize that somehow they are connected to an incident uh, which, of course, includes the death of Jen's uh, husband's character. And uh, that kind of is really just the setup in the first season, right? Because all of that snowballs into so much more as time goes around, not just in season one, but more so in season two. What really attracts me to the show, like you said, is the fact that while it is dark and morbid, it is also extremely funny. Yeah. It really plays on the personalities of these two characters. And Liz Feldman, who is the creator of the show and the writer, the primary writer, is also a comedian herself. She writes a banger script, right? In fact, watching Dead to Me reminded me of Killing Eve a lot. Because there again, there was Phoebe Waller-Bridge, a female comedian plus actor just like Liz Feldman, writing these two really saucy female characters and you know spinning off entire seasons just purely off the relationship between these two and I feel Dead to Me has like for me Dead to Me comes closest to Killing Eve in terms of being its sort of soul sister if I may say so because it once again plays on the relationship between two women who are absolutely on the surface not right for each other you know they are their, their relationship can be toxic but at the end of the day, there's just something right about the two of them being together as yeah. friends. Yeah. And while they never really cross that line on a show like Killing Eve, where they are always, they remain on at odds with each other. Here, of course, we see the two of them in the same, uh, you know, surroundings a lot. And I really, really enjoy that. I think Dead to Me is a kind of show 
where you have gotten me hooked to the characters to a point where you can keep taking these characters and throwing them against madcap scenarios and I'll be hooked because yeah. the characters work their chemistry I think both Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate's chemistry is just uh, you know top notch and their performances are great so for me that in itself works you know in fact in season 2 it's so interesting you pointed out Killing Eve because in season 2 I remember uh, you know there was a point where they were so stuck at the hip that you almost felt like, are they going to give this friendship a sexual spin? Right. Um, because while, I mean, again, so the one of the things I love about the show, by the way, is that uh, sexuality is almost hardly ever discussed. And when it does come, you know, sort of present itself in season two, uh, the fact that Linda Cardellini's character swings both ways, it's also done in a really nonchalant manner. Like, it's almost like you're not telling the audience that she swings both ways and yet you're telling them without having yeah. said anything much. But I'm saying with Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini's character, I did at one point, I don't know, did you, you felt the same? I think we discussed no, this. I think, I think when you pit uh, two characters of the same sexes in a story, there is always this, you know, I mean, it's funny, but there have like there have been research studies being done about the homoeroticism in Shole between Jay and Viru. Sure. Uh, you know, when Suits came out, a lot of people spoke about the homoeroticism between Harvey and Mike, Mike Ross's character. Yeah. Because that happens, you know, when you've got two good looking characters. And I feel that Liz Feldman has very deliberately played up the whole... Uh, you know, Judy and Jen's character is so fraught with tension and chemistry that you're constantly wondering if they are just best friends or if there's more to it. Yeah. And I think Killing Eve, um, you know, I read this really interesting piece after Dead to Me season two came out, which was that Killing Eve actually has been disappointing fans season after season after the first great season. You know, season two was panned. Season 3 we haven't watched but hasn't got great reviews. But a massive criticism mm. that came Killing Eve's way was the fact that season 1 built up on this entire relationship between the two women mm. which seemed like going towards the romantic, uh, you know, sort of route. Villain of course is in love with Sandra O's character that she's pretty open about it. And we felt like we were watching a love story. And then Sandra O during interviews uh, between one and two basically said that it was all imagined, you know, like it was what audiences were thinking. They never intended it to be that. And fans felt really cheated because they felt like they weren't really willing to go the whole way and own up to the sort of lesbian undertones of to just keep it at undertones and not really take the next step. But what Dead to Me does is that it fixes that in season two. While season one plays up on their chemistry and sort of hints at maybe some sort of a, you know, lesbian interest in one of the characters. In season two, they take Linda Cardellini's character the whole way. It needn't, like, she doesn't uh, discover her bisexuality with the Jen character, but but she does discover it. And so it's almost like they've taken on the lesbianism on its head. Yeah. And I'm just saying that, you know, you always like uh, the comparison with Killing Eve doesn't end there. Right? You always have one character who's slightly more stuck up and stiff and rigid, which in this case is Christina Applegate. And of course, Villanelle is the hippie living, you know, the assassin who's living life larger than she should. And here's Linda Cardellini, who is so reckless, so reckless. And she plays her like, you know, actually, to me, she's the more annoying one because I see her and I'm like, oh, God, she's going to something up again because again a lot of what's happening on the show and the plot it's almost like they've built a cardboard cardboard house which could collapse at any moment if one thing goes wrong right and Linda Cardellini is constantly the character you know is going to f- 
things up she just you know every time she has a scene where she has an emotional breakdown you're just like the audience is holding their head and going like okay what garbage is going to come out of her mouth and what is jen going to have to clean up now but that's what makes their relationship take that one is weak another one is strong and yet in the moments when you least least expected it's the weak one who's actually taking care of the strong one yeah and also i feel like uh, also by the way linda cantlini is my scene stealer of the week okay uh and the reason she is a scene stealer of the week is because i was i am every time i watch the show i'm just completely amazed by how well each of the actors know their characters well it's almost like um, you know when these two actors are in the same frame uh they don't miss a single beat you know so linda cardellini for example is a uh, her character is somebody who's extremely apologetic uh she is constantly you know see she sort of she has a low self esteem uh she has a low opinion of herself but she's actually really smart and kind and generous it's just that she always holds herself you know in in a sort of lowly manner and i love how linda cardellini brings that part of her personality out you know consistently while staying extremely enduring you know it's like a simple like a little tick that the character has which is that she just apologizes too much it's oh like she might do yeah. something and then she says sorry and i have watched linda cardellini in shows like bloodline before where she played one of the raven siblings was uh, irritating there also slightly characterized no i'm saying that ha uh, yeah i mean i'm saying that i've seen her perform before she of course plays uh, uh clint barton's wife hawkeye's wife on uh, on in the avengers films as well so we she's an actor we've seen on screen but i have never realized that this is the level of performer she can be i think the show really really gives her a chance to bite into it like for example christina applegate has made a comeback of sorts with the show in fact she got a prime time emmy nomination for best actress and linda cardellini may have been overlooked because i mean i'm assuming that the best supporting actress category may have been really strong but for me i mean cardellini both of them i think both actors really hold the show together but for me i would imagine cardellini to get some emmy love uh, you know in the coming year in terms of wow moment you know i want to go back to season 1 because while season 2 has a lot of twists and turns one of the scenes that always sticks out in my head is how the writers uh, wrote the scene of how jen and judy go to confront uh, you know jen's dead husband's mistress uh you know the scene where they they drive all the way to a restaurant which has no i love this little 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 things that writers put in right yeah. that they looking at the menu and they cannot figure what cuisine the restaurant specializes in and neither can the waitress who then turns out to be the mistress of the dead husband neither can she sort of explain it and that whole scene is so nicely done where you know you realize information that you didn't know before what the husband had been communicating and what jen and her dead husband's marriage was really like so one of the that for me that has always been like one of those scenes where i was like wow okay this was so interestingly written and so nicely done where yeah. two women sticking up for each other and also like you've already passed along such interesting information to the audience yeah any other yeah. scenes no, you know you know when you say wow moments for you you know when we talk about wow moments i think what works in dead to me's favor is the fact that the seasons are written in such a manner that both characters are going to be in some sort of soup at some point or the other and the way they move up to those moments you know the way they build up to those moments it's almost like uh, you know it's like one of those breaking bad kind of shows where you always wondered how a guy as simple as walter white 
you know, would get out of a a a, a quandary every time he faced one because mm. he was always going up against more dangerous people. He was going up against law enforcement. Of course, in hindsight now, I mean, he turned into Heisenberg eventually. But I'm saying these guys really have that Walter White quality without turning into Heisenberg. So it's also very relatable in the sense that it's got that uh, very Fargo quality of very ordinary people being stuck in extraordinary situations. So you can relate to it. It's like, what if you were in a house tomorrow where a dead body turned up, for example, and what would you do if you felt like the police would think that you are responsible for the murder? So it has that really black comedy approach, which I like. Uh, So I I can think of more than one wow moment, but I think you picked a really good one. So we'll go with that for now. I also think, you know, the fact that women are writing these very interesting sort of like, it's nice to see women doing all these weird crimes, no? Because even like over here, like you just said, they're two regular women who you probably would meet at a restaurant at wherever you go in your social surrounding. And here they are, you know, like, killing people almost, but uh, we let you understand why and what the context of that is. Or even covering up crimes and getting into trouble with the police and having to lie on lie. Like, I just feel like maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm happy to be corrected on this, by the way, guys. But I can't remember that many shows which focused on women sort of committing all these like crimes and getting away with it or, you know, doing it in a comedy space. But now I feel like more and more, just in this conversation alone, we've talked about two shows and I'm sure if we sat down and put a list, we probably, in the last four or five years, there's so many more shows where women are sort of, you know, the protagonists who are at the, at the center of these crazy crimes and crazy sort of action situations. Yeah, but I think that's what's fun about it is that it turns their entire uh, cliche on its head, right? So what Killing Eve did so well was that Phoebe Waller-Bridge basically wrote a show that would have characters that you traditionally see only men perform. Like, for example, you'd you'd easily have an investigating officer who's male going after an assassin who's also male. You know, so we've seen that in spy thrillers and films. Killing Eve turned that on its head because it had a female investigator, which really is not as much of an anomaly, going up against a female assassin. Now, that makes it... You know, like, what are the chances of that happening in the film and TV universe? What is dead to me is USP, I feel, is the fact that they are just ordinary women, right? It's like the anti-Killing Eve in a way. I actually now, I mean, I love season one of Killing Eve. I think it's a, I mean, that was like, I mean, that was one of the best shows that year. And I haven't seen season three, but having watched two seasons of Dead to Me, I now hold Dead to Me higher. And I mean, also because I wasn't expecting much and I watched both seasons back to back because I, like you, you also said I watched season one only after season two came out recently during lockdown. And I feel that what Dead to Me does is so much harder because it's really about keeping the thrill alive, even though they are two women who are not in the thriller space, right? It's like Yeah, I mean, they're such novices that, you know, when they have to get rid of a dead body, they have to Google it. And then they realize, you can't Google this shit because you're, it'll always be there on your history. So what the f- is the dark internet? How do you have an incognito mode? Like, these are things, guys, by the way, I have really thought about, right? Like, if you per- perform a crime tomorrow, you commit a crime and you need to go to the internet to figure out how do I cover my tracks? Damn it! You're not going to be able to. Somewhere or the other, your history is going to over. If I ever die under mysterious circumstances, I would like this recording to be <laughs> a piece of evidence against Janice. Sure, sure, sure. On the bingeometer, I would say, I mean, we usually give food analogies on the bingeometer, and I know by now a lot of listeners are thinking that half of our bingeometers don't really make sense. They only make sense to us. 
but <laughs> i will take a i will take a beverage analogy this time to me dead to me is like a gin and tonic mm. because it's really about two characters who are like gin and tonic who are average by themselves but when you put them together it's like a lethal combination wow 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 i i kind of somehow sold that Benjometer. Yeah, you guys can send us more Benjometer ideas, guys. I mean, it's the one thing we struggle with every but, week. But you know, when we say the word Benjometer, to me, Dead to Me really is the quintessential bingeable show because I think the way it's written is that it somehow always speaks by the end of every episode, and it's just like it's been tailored for binge watching needs because there is a plot twist at the end. Of, it just. even when you feel like the story is not moving some anywhere they managed to do something to get you hooked and you know sort of want to check the next episode out so you guys got it right basically go get your gin uh, go add some tonic go add a twist of idea. lime twist of lime being uh, haba haba james marden steve and sit and watch that to me and if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to sort of check out other podcasts on the ivm network you can check them out at ivmpodcast.com or they're also on instagram and twitter at ivm podcast And of course, if you want to write into Anirudh and me, and you want to send across, you know, shows that you feel we should review or talk about, or you want to send us comments, feedback, I'm at Janisek eighty five on Instagram and Twitter, and Anirudh is at Aniguha on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed Dead to Me. See you next week. Bye.